What if your e-commerce store could automatically offer recommendations customized to each person who visited your store on a busy weekend like Black Friday? That optimization could boost your sales substantially. I know that sounds like science fiction, but it's true. Take the journey with me here. BoldBrain analyzes thousands of data points on your store, recommending products to each unique visitor based on search history, past purchases, similar customer behavior, and even where they are in the sales funnel. Cool, right? Here's how it works. BoldBrain analyzes past shopping behavior and suggests the most effective products for you to upsell, cross-sell, or just recommend in a you-may-also-like widget right on your product page. This is all using real-time data collected from your store and your customers. You get the statistically most effective product recommendations for each visitor, increasing the chance of conversion with no guesswork. And what I personally love about BoldBrain is that it is super simple to use. Once it's analyzed enough data, it'll give you recommendations that you can approve with one click, setting them up on your storefront in seconds. And it gets better. BoldBrain starts at free. That's right, you can install this powerful app on your store right now at no charge. Go to boldcommerce.com to learn more or search BoldBrain in the Shopify app store. What's the number one customer support request you get? I bet it's, hey, where's my order? My friends at Ventov, makers of SEO Meta Manager, have a solution for this. It's called Order Lookup, and it lets customers look up their orders, right, good name, with either their email or order number, reducing the order inquiries you get in your inbox. We use it on our own high-volume Shopify Plus client stores like Hoonigan and Yvonne Stells to provide real-time order info to customers with a fully customizable order lookup page so you can keep that thing on brand. And hey, if you're a dropshipper, it even works with ePacket. You can get a seven-day free trial when you search Order Lookup in the App Store. I said push. Pull. Push it. Pull it. Push it. Pull it. You know what the name of that song is? Push and Pull It? No, it's called Do the Push and Pull. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's actually Do the Push and Pull Part 1. You know what I appreciate about that? It's a call to action. <laughs> yeah, Rufus Thomas has a lot of songs about calls to action. Do the Funky Chicken, Walk the Dog, Do the Push and Pull. And I, they're, they're always multi-part. It's always like Part 1, Part 2. And who doesn't appreciate clear direction in life? Exactly. Especially yeah. on the dance floor. On the dance floor, yeah. <laughs> hey, so uh, I was Disney World for the 40th time this year. Did you see something new? They built like a new thing. They built like Walt's Hall of Communists that were like trying to destroy Walt Disney and his paranoid fantasies. There was a like a Walt oriented or Disney oriented museum that we walked through to get to like some meet and greet because my two year old's really into character meets, but it made no mention of Walt's love of union busting. Hashtag facts. Oh my God. Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, did you make any purchases over Cyber Week? I think I think technically a Cyber Week purchase. I bought Borderlands Three, which is a computer game. And this was on sale. It was on sale, obviously. Not okay. paying full price. What are you crazy? I built a new computer using the proceeds from the uh, holiday email guide that we sold people. So thanks everyone for buying that. I got a new computer. It was awesome. <laughs> All right. So on Black Friday, I went to technically a mall, a shopping center. I was at Disney Springs in Orlando, which is Disney's monstrously huge outdoor mall, and managed to buy literally nothing. 
All right. Because the Disney store on Black Friday was packed. But as far as I can tell, nothing was actually on sale. Everything was full price. That's smart. Yeah. You're shopping anyway. We talked about this a couple episodes ago where it's just like, just say you have a sale and then don't mark anything off. They didn't even do that. (laughs) There was no mention of a sale at all. Just there were Christmas decorations and that was that. Like some of the stores around it. The only interesting thing I saw was a store that literally had, they had a, um, a sign outside that said spin to win. And it looked exactly like the Privy Spin to Win pop-up. It was like the same color scheme and layout, at least. And I'm staring at this thing. I'm like, oh, take a picture of it. We're going to post this. And then I look up. Sure enough, they built the wheel. They had the wheel in the dead center of the store. And there was a guy spinning it. I don't know what I was thinking. I didn't get a video or photo of that. So what they really should have done is, if you were trying to mimic it, at the front door, instead of, you know, when you step on the panel to make the electric door slide open, instead... The doors shouldn't open. A panel should just slide over that says spin to win and blocks you from getting inside the store. Yeah, well, that's your exit intent <laughs> pop-up. No, it's an entrance pop-up. Okay. You've seen spin to win. The, yeah, the exit intent pop-up is a security guard tackles you on your way out unless you make a purchase. <laughs> hey, take this coupon. I wonder what's in this store. Oh, spin to win. Cracks you right in the head. So we managed to, neither of us managed to make a purchase during Cyber Week. I bought a, I bought. You bought a computer game. Yeah, pretty much. And I went on vacation. Yeah. All right. Uh, but in today's episode, we want to do a Black Friday, Cyber Monday post-mortem. So we've pulled some data sources. And let's see what we got here. So we've got uh, some quick overview stats from Shopify themselves about how merchants, the one million Shopify merchants did on the platform. Uh, I talked to the guys at Bold, Jay Myers, and he gave me some stats on how things went for them. And those are quick. And then I hit up master Facebook marketer, Kurt Bullock, our marketing manager, uh, and got some stats on Facebook ads. So if you're looking to compare, you're looking for some frame of reference, he's got some observations for us. And then lastly, and most importantly, we've got stats in general that Paul pulled from our top stores and averaged them. And we can't name names, of course, um, but we're going to talk about things in general and in average and roughly how these stores are comparing to last year. So hopefully this will give you a frame of reference. Because um, it's tough, like, people don't necessarily always share their numbers online, and it can be tough to know where you stand. You know, it's a little, I feel like a lot of times you're working in the dark, it's a little strange. <sighs> so, all right, the quick overview is Shopify merchants break records with $2.9 billion in worldwide sales over Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend. All right, here's an interesting stat. Consumers spend an average of $83 per order, and of all countries, Canadian consumers spent the most at $96. Mobile remains the preferred shopping channel for online commerce, with 69% of sales made on phones or tablets, while 31% occurred on desktop, Apparel and accessories saw the most orders during the weekend, with consumers purchasing makeup, mobile phone accessories, and coats and jackets the most. So people going into Black Friday are buying their winter gear right then? Makes sense. Um, Those are the stats that Shopify shared with us. When I told uh, Jay Myers, he said, hey, I could tell you it was absolutely massive for us. Hits to our servers were up close to 70%. So basically, anytime an app does something on a store's page, we see a hit. And orders through Bold Cashier were up over 600%, and they experienced no downtime. Uh, and they've got a case study coming out with a merchant of note, and I, I agreed I wouldn't share who it was. 
Um, but they look out for that case study. They reported beating previous year's Black Friday sales in the first 15 minutes after midnight. And another in particular had 10,000 people on their site in 10 minutes before midnight with their carts loaded and ready to check out. That's kind of cool. Uh, all right. So the some other general stats here. Also, Bold opened, I just liked, uh, Bold did this. They announced, uh, they opened their first international office. Oh, wait, is it in Cambodia? No, Paris? No, London? No. Tokyo? Nope. Where? Texas. Oh. <laughs> I just like that their international office is in Texas. It's funny to think of it. Because they're in Canada. Yeah. But for us, it's funny to think about, <laughs> yeah, Austin, Texas, international. I've got some other stats from that Get Elastic shared. And truthfully, I don't know what the heck Get Elastic does, but... They shared... It's numbers on a sheet, so it must be true. Yeah. Well, they cite all their sources. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see CNBC in here, Salesforce. All right, okay. I'm just going to accept that these are true. What in here stands out to you, Mr. Rita? Uh, the thing that immediately caught my eye was on Cyber Monday, you know, the day that we have access to the internet after the weekend. You know, at home, you have like maybe a 14.4 baud modem if you have dial-up at home at all. But then Cyber Monday, you get to the office where your office has a T1 line, and then you can finally shop online once you're once you're away from your house. Because, uh, you know, that's what Cyber Monday is. Tell us what you really think. <laughs> uh, is that uh, mobile traffic share was 54%, but mobile revenue share was only 33%. And what does that mean to you? That means that people on their phones don't buy as much as on desktop. We talk about this all the time. Yeah, we see that. What's the typical difference in conversion rate based on the numbers you saw? Well, they have, they have a stat in here that it's, uh, it's maybe like 7% on desktop in these stats, and then it's like 3% on uh, smartphones. It's like half with a tablet in between those two. What's funny is it, it looks like these thing, these sales... They grew, like online purchases, uh, Black Friday purchases, all this stuff grew in the U.S., but globally it grew more. So even like countries where they're not celebrating Thanksgiving are still engaging in these sales. Well, because these websites are, their websites are international. I yeah. mean, they're the whole world. So, I mean, they're having a if they're having a sale for U.S. Black, Black Friday, it's a sale for everyone. And this, I saw, I love this stat. Every, I think one of the, the biggest missed opportunities for Shopify merchants is not sending more emails, especially during uh, Cyber Week in December and the holidays. Uh, they said here, 68% of consumers say they pay more attention to retail email during the holidays. So if you've got a great offer, you're doing yourself a disservice, you're doing the customer a disservice by not bringing it to their attention. Yeah, because they're thinking, they're primed to think about shopping. They've been told by society to be ready to shop. So you should take advantage of them being ready to shop. This one claims 45% of Thanksgiving orders came through mobile, up 24%. So a recurring theme across all of the stats we got is really the week started on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, Thanksgiving night, you're, you're home from wherever you were or everyone's gone by like 8 or 9 o'clock. Yeah, Thanksgiving I mean, dinner starts early. Unless you actually party. I mean, I'm, I'm boring. But, you know, you're not going to bed that time. You need something to do. So you start... It's you're in that food coma at home, just trying to be introverted just, away from all the people, and that's when you start doing your shopping. Just lazing around, yeah. So the brands, and like, we assume you have finite discretionary income to blow on stuff. So the brands that started early, got those sales started and out, and those emails out on Thursday are the ones that really 
um, made the most of this. And we'll see this later in the stats I talk about. Um, when we pulled the stats from our clients for this, I did November 4th to December 4th. December 4th being the day I started pulling the stats, and that's why I stopped. But it, you know, it clearly started earlier in the month. I saw, I think one of our clients, their biggest day was actually the 22nd, which was the Friday before Black Friday. I don't know what, I didn't actually jump in there and see how they made the 22nd their biggest day, but it was. Hmm. Yeah, I think, well, this year, because it's a, Thanksgiving came much later, it's a shorter shopping season, we saw pretty much everybody, like all the big box retailers, their sales started the like weekend prior to Thanksgiving. Yeah, they started. Oh, yeah. I start, I was seeing stuff. I, I was seeing the, the shopping, it felt like, in all the sales I was seeing started that the end of that week, like on the 22nd. And then all of Thanksgiving week was, a, was sale time. So the, my two takeaways right now are you should have done better than last year. Oh, yeah. If you didn't do better than last year, you really screwed up bad. Because people are now, more and more people are shopping online, and it is their expectation. Um, and you would expect to see like 10 to 20% better than last year based on these stats. And the sooner you started, the better. So next year, you would want to make sure you're starting earlier. Like Thanksgiving is now the new normal to start. And ideally, you may have started sooner than that. I mean, I'll say on all the stores that I looked at, both that we'll be citing today and ones I was looking at earlier, the worst one did 15% better. That was the worst one, whereas the average ones did 40 to 50 to 60% better than they did last year. Hmm. And again, on the topic of email, and recently we were talking about SMS, they've got, in this Get Elastic infographic, they've got some stats here on uh, Black Friday specifically. They say uh, Black Friday sent 17% more email than on Thanksgiving, 20% more email over the previous year, 22% more SMS offers. I'm shocked that that's that small. Versus Thanksgiving Day. But wait, 148% SMS increase over Black Friday 2018. So SMS explodes this year. It explodes on Black Friday, but they're not sending exploding them over Thanksgiving. Yeah, they didn't they're send not it sending on them on Thanksgiving Day, which I guess makes sense. Like, you know, people are... They got stuff to do. Uh, as far as offers go, they've got a couple stats in here, and we'll talk about this later. 78% of merchants offered free shipping, and 28% was the average Black Friday discount for the majority of, de majority of de de deals remaining flat year over year. The offers were really about the same as last year. So you want to be, to be competitive, 30% seems to be the magic number to get people's attention. Just make it a third. Make it 33. I like that. All right, a third. Interesting thing on this Cyber Monday, they have timing in here. One third of revenue came from late night shoppers between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. Doorbusters. Internet doorbusters. Internet doorbusters. <laughs> now, what's not clear is that Monday night or Sunday, Sunday night. I think. Like, that's does Sunday. my Cyber Monday start? I'm calling that Sunday night. So, set what it, I think the smart move then is. Next year, Sunday, 7 p.m., that's when you send out the email saying, Cyber Monday sales starts now. Oh, yeah, good idea. And then you could send the reminder the next morning. Yeah, yeah. I like that idea. Okay, I want to go over uh, Kurt Bullock's Facebook stuff, what he found. All right, maybe I was wrong on that date thing. 
Because right. according to KB, Cyber Monday peaked after 9 p.m. So maybe that 10 to 2 stat is for on Cyber Monday, 10 p.m. Yeah, he said uh, Cyber Monday started slow. Merchants were anxious about it. But then in the evening, it really takes off. And he had 9 p.m. So he defines it as, hey, after dinner and kids are in bed. Um, he said that, similar to what we saw in the, that infographic, if you started your sale before Thanksgiving, you probably saw strong numbers. They were basically bonus days because acquisition costs were lower, resulting in higher return on ad spend. Interesting. I had not considered that. That you've got, since people were buying earlier, but not everybody was advertising earlier, you were, the sooner you start, the better your return on ad spend is. I have a digression. Sure. If mobile, if the majority of traffic is on phones, but the majority, not the majority of buying, but disproportional buyers are on desktop, wouldn't it be better to buy Facebook ads that only targeted desktop users, which would be cheaper because you're getting less people? Those would be cheaper, right? I don't know if they'd be cheaper. But they would convert better. In theory, the issue you get into is people pre-shop. I know. That's what we discovered yeah. is, that, is that mobile traffic is top of funnel traffic. Yeah. So maybe retargeting ads should only be retargeting ads, which are cheaper than regular ads. If you want to get really deep in the weeds, experimenting on targeting by device, you would do, I think based on that data, you would target cold traffic to iPhones because we also know conversion rate is higher on Apple devices and average order value is higher in Apple devices. So I want my cold traffic to iOS devices, and then I want my retargeting traffic to, to desktop devices. I love it. I mean, that's not a difficult thing to test. So if you have like a funnel that works, any of your ads that work, duplicate them, change the targeting. Yeah. No, you could absolutely test this idea. Um, he did say over the weekend, so Saturday, Sunday, but before Cyber Monday, after Black Friday... Many accounts saw performance drop significantly, and we, he lowered ad spends and accounts and shifted most of that budget to Cyber Monday. So again, you're making fun of people like, oh, they don't shop at, at home, and they wait till they go back to work on Cyber Monday. That's 100% what they do. That's it's just, just not clear why. That's just the internet, though. I mean, people, we see it on literally every single store we have. The traffic revenue, drops traffic, on the weekend. Traffic and revenue drops over the weekend. Because well, just think about have, like... People have things to do. They're on the weekend. They yeah. get to go. They're not chained to a computer at their desk. Whereas you know, if they're at work, they're cons- best case scenario, they spend 50% of the time working. The other 50% of the time screwing around. And a great thing to do is cruise the web for deals. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the magic of Cyber Monday. I hate Cyber Monday. <laughs> I just accept it now. Even the phrase Cyber Monday. It's cyber. It's so cyber. I, you know, I just think about more when like Cyber Monday was about getting together with your family <laughs> and building like mm-hmm. an HR Geiger inspired man machine hybrid. Yeah. That's what Cyber Monday always means to me. Now it's just been too commercial. Just going full Robocop. Yeah. You know, just like watching Johnny Mnemonic and have giving someone a robot arm. Okay. You know what? I'm in. I think you, I want you to sit down and write. The mythos of Cyber Monday. <laughs> and now it's just the brands have taken it over. In which we have a candlelight processional and discuss the sacrifice Robocop made for us <laughs> on Cyber Monday. Hold up. We'll hear more after this quick break. Support for this podcast comes from Simpler, a new way to staff 24-7 sales and customer service on your Shopify store. 
It works with your existing email and chat tools, so setup is quick and easy. Simpler provides on-demand, US-based customer service specialists to answer your customers' most common questions. Close more sales with Simpler by staffing your email and live chat with 24-7 Simpler specialists. Find out more at simpler.ai. That's S-I-M-P-L-R dot A-I. And now, back to the show. Hit me. Uh, so some of Mr. Bullock's Facebook ads takeaways. He said, big return on ad spend was not as easy to come by this year compared to last year for many advertisers. To give you some ranges, account spending hundred grand or more that weekend landed in the uh, 2 to 3x ROAS range, and account spending less than 100 k may have landed in the 3 to 5x ROAS range. Which is a big hit, because, I mean, normally outside of this time period we're talking about, we usually see, like, 10x. In the past, it's getting harder and harder. Yeah. Um, but, yes, that's compared to last year, it's lower. 100% it's lower. Because um, Facebook ads are just getting more and more competitive. So he said buyer intent was high, so customers were buying, and revenue was strong, and the thing everyone has seen, and I've seen screenshots of a few people who have posted their sales online, is conversion rates go through the roof, but acquisition cost is higher. So it is back to that idea we discussed before. You have a, you're really taking sales that were deferred from October and early November and then making them at a loss and a higher acquisition cost yeah. all at once over, you know, in this case, a five-day period. That's rough. It's a rough proposition. Um, he said the accounts that did the best, and here's the last takeaways, focused on creating a compelling offer, solid ad creative, and varied their offer creative over the course of the promotion. So the Cyber Monday ads were different than Black Friday ads. Well, that makes, I mean, that's true of any day of the week, I think. Um, he said offering big discounts generated lots of sales, so that like 30% off, maybe 50% off if you could do it. He's, but he said, hey, there's other ways to do it. So he gave a, a few examples that did well without relying completely on discounts which also means you get to retain more profit given those higher acquisition costs. Number one, new product launched on Black Friday. So this is absolutely one of my takeaways this year. The brands that did an exclusive product or launched a product on Black Friday did really well with that. Doorbusters. That's exactly what they are, isn't it? I mean, like that TV, that cheap TV. When you buy a TV on Black Friday, they are often a model specific to... Exactly, specific to Black Friday. Yes. Yeah, so the... Internet version of doorbuster deals has been just like super limited edition things. Yeah. Like I get, you know, you get this, we only sell this pin free gift with purchase on Black Friday. Mm -hmm. So you have to figure out something to buy if you want the free gift with it. So that was a good one. Or just like, you know, we've got this limited edition product that's only going to be that we're launching today on Cyber Week. Um, so he said like, yeah, uh, Cyber Week only products or limited run products that aren't normally available, bundles in BOGO, and then spend over X and get Y free. So there are absolutely things you could do that don't just involve giving away all of your profit margin. Anything in there stand out? What's your, your chief takeaway there? I don't know. I'm just thinking of ways, you know, if Facebook ad acquisition costs are going up, I'm just trying to think of ways, like I said before, where you can find the you can sort of moneyball your way through undervalued paths in order to achieve the return on ad spend we were seeing even just earlier this year so this idea of maximizing desktop ads because the desktop a desktop user is like 40 percent more likely to buy than a mobile user so it's like okay let's hammer those desktop users or it's like an iphone user is 
25% will spend 25% more than an Android user. Like, okay, let's hammer those, those iPhone users. I think my, my takeaway for getting the ROAS back is to avoid just pure discounting. And I like, yeah, I like free gift with purchase, like a cheap free gift that costs you nothing, but is kind of cool. Like Hoonigan's doing pins like those that worked out really great for them. Yeah. I like the, the limited edition idea product, um, product launches or free gift with purchase or free gift with purchase. And it's a limited exclusive like the Hoonigan lapel pins. Yeah. Okay. So you pulled our own data. So yes. here we know this isn't an infographic. This isn't something, this isn't hearsay. This is, you went through a selection of our top performing clients, brand stores. And obviously we're not going to name names. Um, and you pulled a bunch of stats for them for Black Friday this year, compared it to last year, got percenter changes. So we've got a, a pretty good idea of how people performed this year and versus last year. What did you notice? What did you see? Uh, well, the main thing was everyone did a lot better. Like I said before, the worst was 14% uh, over what they did last year. And, you know, I did this, I, you know, I pulled these stats because we needed to record this. Um, so the, the stats only span from November 4th to December 4th. But even when I pulled them on December 4th, the, we're still on the backside of the mountain. Like the mountain hasn't gone back to ground level yet. Like we're still. So you think if you had wait, if you wait another week, uh, like they're hearing this the rest of the holidays, they're hearing it's going to be even better. They're hearing this on Tuesday. If we recorded this like Tuesday at four in the morning and I could get like the stats from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I think then we would have gotten the full amount. I think now we maybe only got like 90% of the mountain. We don't have the full, the full bump. And Obviously, last year, because Thanksgiving was earlier, the, the last year stats have the full bump. But even even still, the numbers were all better across the board. Yeah, these revenue numbers are the average revenue increase for 2019 over 2018, 46%. Yeah. And there's one store in here that did 97%. And they're not a small store. <laughs> no, <laughs> like they, no, it's not like it's a small sample size. They doubled, they doubled their revenue in terms of millions of dollars <laughs> yeah they literally yeah the store i'm looking at literally jumped from half a million to a million um and the thing is and they had the they really had the best stats across the board i mean so here when i made this spreadsheet i did um traffic conversion rate revenue average order value uh and then returning customer rate and trying to see how so everyone got a revenue increase and i kind of wanted to pull out how each store achieved that they achieve that with a bunch of more traffic and a bunch of new users. They achieve that by bumping up their average order value. Did they achieve that by blowing out their conversion rate, probably via discounting? And everyone kind of had a different way of doing it. But yeah, this one that doubled their revenue, they killed all of those metrics across the board. So they managed to hit everything. Traffic up 17%, conversion rate up 40%, average order value up, up 18%. Uh, return customer rate up 32%. And also their return customer rate is already ridiculous. Extremely high. 64% return customers. Whoa. So they have a loyal fan base that they just pulled money from for the whole month. So yeah, what I'm seeing like it's across here, I'm seeing the, the people that really succeeded. It was based on having loyal customers who were just waiting to pull the trigger. 
everyone did it across the board. Like this one did it via average order value. Um, I mean, I don't know how to refer to these. I just keep saying this one, but it's a tr- we can't say who it is. Uh, you can say home goods, lifestyle, apparel. <laughs> the one that fluctuates the most really is return customer rate. Yeah, I mean, there was we had one store that had return customer rate actually went down. They pulled in a bunch of new people. Some of them had very little return customer rate changes. So, I mean, I think that one might not be indicative so much. And with the exception of a single store, all of them had a significant increase in traffic over the previous year. Yeah. So they also, like, the, the, the commonalities in these stores and in the infographics we're seeing is more people shopped online. So we've got an increase in traffic, an increase in conversion rate, and increase in average order value. The only thing that, that bounces around is return customer rate. Yeah, so throw that one out. Okay. In terms of offers, well, let's give some like some, some broad ranges here. I just want to wait. I just got to talk about this one. We got sure. this one uh, who's involved in the, who's an apparel company. Their traffic did not change at all. Just one. And all the others, traffic goes up pretty significantly across the board. There's just one where their traffic stayed flat, Literally which is interesting. unchanged traffic, but revenue up 46%. And they goosed average order value, and they had a huge return customer rate. So again, it was like they had, they got their current fan base to buy more. And to me, the fact that they hit that revenue target without increasing their traffic at all is like, oh man, these guys are like untapped. Like there's even more out there if they could get the traffic up. So I think the, the takeaway here is if you pull up your stats for Cyber Week and your return customer rate is very high, so say it's, it, it peaks during, um, during this time, then that's an indicator that really you could dramatically extend customer lifetime value more than you have already. Yeah, I, 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 like you have a lot of returning customers. It's much easier to get those returning customers to spend more. The thing that blew me away is the big jumps in average order value. So, yeah, you're offering a discount. Yeah, you're eating to your profit margin. But people are spending way more to take advantage of the discount. Yep. I thought that was very well, interesting. You know, it's the it's the old line where it's just like, well, I had to buy it. It was on sale. It's right. Like, no, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't have to buy it. It's like, well, I got I got to strike now. Well, I can get it for cheaper. And the the psychological thing that's going on here is loss aversion. Even though I don't like, I'm spending money. I'm viewing it as well. If I don't buy, I've lost the, opportun- the savings. I, yeah, I've lost. <laughs> I've lost the opportunity to get it at a discount. What you know, unless you were already planning on buying that thing, of course it isn't. It's a logical fallacy. And that's the power of wish list apps. Oh, is that you know, like you could really you. If you have the wish list app and you get told, well, now it's on sale you're going to clear that wish list out and that k- kicks up the average order value because you're, a, you're buying like four things at once. I think that's a Clavio flow you could do where it, um, if a product goes on sale that they viewed, it sends it out. Oh, I may be full of, I that, would hope so, but I like that idea that like print that would print money. So they, all right. So here's the idea that you want to implement. You have a browse abandonment list. Or- you, you send them a Facebook ad only on desktop that the thing that they want is on sale, and then they buy it. I wonder if you could do that. 
And the limitation would be, stop making that face. <laughs> <laughs> well, the limitation there, I think, would be custom audience size. Um, but all right, so person browses product and doesn't buy, browse abandonment. They, the price of the product drops. They, you send an automatic email out saying, hey, this product's on sale. You don't even have to be like, oh, this product you viewed's on sale. Maybe you want to add some personalization to it. But just you know that by virtue of them viewing it, they were interested, and now the price has dropped, so why not notify them? Yeah. I like that idea. Duh. That's very powerful. I don't think we have that going in any I was going to say, I thought you were going to come at me with some like cool new idea you had. I'm just like, yeah, duh. Why wouldn't you do that? I don't think we're... Like, we, I got to write it down and do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, don't tell our clients we haven't been doing that. <laughs> uh, let's see. What the heck? Oh, I wanted to talk about offers. What were the... The offers that performed well, um, we talked about a little bit, but it's still no gods but shipping in e-commerce. The stores that offered just said either, um, hey, free shipping on all orders. So let's say normally you have like a minimum of 125 bucks, and you say, all right, you get free domestic shipping. Great. Or uh, there were a couple folks that said free international shipping. All right, you definitely have to have your fulfillment on lockdown to make that one work. But if you could do it, man, people go wild for that stuff. Any free shipping offer works really well. If you're already offering free shipping, free upgraded shipping. So that's a great way to add value, get people to make a purchase without actually discounting the product itself and potentially devaluing Cutting the in brand. Cutting margins, yeah. And, well, I mean, you st- you're eating the cost of the shipping. Um, but that's probably less than if you had discounted the product itself. Yeah. And then you still got to offer free shipping on orders over whatever. Yeah, and the, the, the shipping cost isn't 20% of the purchase price or whatever. Yeah. Free shipping offers work really well. Exclusive products, free gifts with purchase, limited edition products, that worked really well for people. Um, 30% off seems to be the common, like, all right, that's the number for people to pay attention to. If you send out a Black Friday email that's like 10% off, that's not even getting opened. Yeah, it's like, get out of here. Yeah, that's getting deleted. So I think it needs to be more than 25%. I think 30% is the magic number where you get their attention. Because like you said, you're like about a third off. That's a good offer. Uh, 25%, I'll think about it. I just go to 30. <laughs> I like 30. Um, and you can also use these stats to figure out, okay, what could my customer lifetime value be? So if you see this big peak in return customer rate, okay, that tells you for next year, for 2020, you should be working on ways to extend customer lifetime value. So follow-up emails, post-purchase sequences, that sort of thing, um, retar- like really advanced retargeting on, on past customers, and next year, 100%, you want to start sooner than you think you should, and yep. you want to send more emails than you think you should. And if you haven't experimented with SMS, it's just leaving money on the table. That's, those were my takeaways from this year. Uh, my takeaway is everyone made more money, so if you didn't make more money, you did bad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry if that happened to you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you're looking for like a benchmark... A fifth, if you did 10 to 20% better than last year, that would put you about with everybody else. All of our clients, the average was 40. Okay, yeah, because they work with us. Oh, good point. Yeah. Yeah, if you're working with scrubs, they probably got you 15%. <laughs> but if you work with us, you get 40. What, uh, anything else? I don't have anything on the outro. <sighs> the only thing I wanted to add is every week I send out this newsletter <laughs> and nobody replies to it. And I always find that funny. I think there's the idea, like, well, I don't want to bother him, or 
He's not going to answer it, or it's a virtual assistant. This is my actual email. If you reply to one of my newsletters, I get that email, and I will probably respond to it. I remember many rants earlier this year on the podcast about how idiots were replying to your newsletter and were asking you to like take part in their business or something. No, no, no. And you were very idiots. mad about that. Crazy people. <laughs> no, I got a lot of like LinkedIn cold outreach. The worst offender is LinkedIn. LinkedIn's a nightmare. LinkedIn is a cesspool. The cold outreach emails on LinkedIn are painful. It's like pickup artist stuff. It's like the whatever the business version of pickup artistry is. So what Kurt's saying is he's lonely. Please tell him that you like him. Okay. Or like ask him questions or something. You know what? Yeah, I just yeah, I want to feel useful. Do don't contact me. Paul at EtherCycle. No, don't please don't email me. I don't <laughs> want that. Should we tweet at you? No, I like just, How I, should we get a hold of you? I live in a cave. Could we can we share your phone number? I leave, just text Paul. I leave the cave to come to work and then I go back in my cave. Mm. All right. Well, let us know uh, if you need help decorating your cave. There's some like home goods deals. I'm in the market week. for a new cave. I've been looking around for one. Okay. And it's uh, it's pricier than I thought it would be. That's usually how cave shopping goes. <laughs> All right, we'll end it there. Thank you, and I hope hope your Black Friday went well. Your turkey was deep fried. Your sales were phenomenal. And we will talk to you in two weeks. Big news from our friends at Out of the Sandbox this month. Their newest theme just launched. It's called Flux. And it's for those of us who loved all the bells and whistles and turbo, but thought, I need more of this. That's where Flex is a game changer for you. It can be configured in an endless number of ways, thanks to more layout and section options than ever, more granular control of settings, and easy addition of custom CSS through the theme editor. It's perfect for development agencies like ourselves, as well as e-commerce entrepreneurs like you looking to create a unique online store experience for your customers. Now here's the coolest part. Flex has a new Demo Shop Import feature that allows you to fast-track your shop setup based on any of 12 demo shops. You get all of the theme settings, layouts, content, and sections used in that demo shop of your choice applied automatically to your store. You can check Flex out right now at outofthesandbox.com. And if you like it, take 20% off the purchase price when you use code PODCAST20 at checkout. That's outofthesandbox.com and code PODCAST20. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.